Praise God. Welcome to Genesis One Christian Ministries. Pastor Mike here. Glad you could join us. Let's prepare to read and hear from the Word of God today. Amen. Let's go into prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for this time that we have to spend with you, Lord God. And we pray that you will continue to be here with us, be in our midst. Let thy Holy Spirit, O Lord God, prepare our hearts and spirits and minds, O Lord God, to receive and to hear and to understand your words today. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Heavenly Father, I give this time and this space entirely over to you, O Lord God. Take it where you will for your honor and your glory and your praise. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen and amen. Praise God, praise God. If you uh will start right off by saying that if you don't have your Bible, why don't you hit put you know hit pause on this message and run and get your Bible and come on back and, and join us. It's most effective if you uh have your Bible so you can read along with us and underline and highlight and put little notes in your margins and so forth. So it'll be there for you uh for the future when uh when you're reading the Bible and the Holy Spirit is trying to minister to you. Amen, amen. Praise God. I just want to start by saying that. You know, many times uh, we don't believe that it's God's will for us to be victorious in this life. You know, we, we we say we're Christians, we born again, we love the Lord Jesus. But deep down inside, many times we just simply don't believe that it is God's will for us to be victorious. You know, and what do you think that God's intention is for your life? You know, stop and think about it. Do you know what God's intention is for your life as you're going through it? What do you think? that God's divine intention is for your life, in your life, okay? What do you think is God's divine intention for your life? And then one last question is, what is divine intention? Okay, what does that term divine intention actually mean? Amen. Well, first you must understand that the divine intention or God's intention is for us to have fellowship with him, okay? For us to have fellowship with him in obedience and to benefit from all that he has in store for us, okay? The Word of God talks a bit about this divine intention, okay? So why don't we start by going to Genesis 1. Genesis 1, and we want to do verse number 20. Genesis 1, verse number 20. Thank you, Jesus. Genesis 1, verse number 20. And we're starting here with the, as you know, of course, obviously Genesis 1 is the book of creation. But we're going to start here where it talks about God creating the, the physical, you know, the physical planet Earth, okay? And God said, let the waters bring about, this is after he did the initial creation, and we're talking about how he's now started, if you will, filling the Earth, so to speak. And God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly, abundant, abundantly the moving creature that has life and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And God created great whales and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let fowl multiply in the earth. And the evening and the morning were the fifth day. And God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing, and beast of the earth after its kind, and it was so. And God made the beast of the earth after its kind, after his kind, and cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind, and God saw that it was good. And God said, let us make man, let us make man, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. 
and let them have dominion, underline that word dominion, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. And so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female, created he them. And God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it, underline the word subdue, and subdue it and have dominion, underline that word dominion again, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing, bearing seed which is upon the face of the earth and every tree in the which is the fruit of the tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat. And to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life, I have given every herb for, for meat, and it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Okay? So here we see here where God really talks about, I'm just filling the earth with life. You know, fish and fowl and, and, and fruit and so on like that, you know. And it's talking about around the things that he created. But then the interesting thing where I had you to underline in verse number 26, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, etc. We were created to have dominion over the fish of the sea and everything else that God created. And then it goes on and says in verse number 28, And God blessed them, man, and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, etc. Again, he says, so subdue it and have dominion over it. So that was a mandate in creation, that mankind would have dominion over this earth and be able to subdue it, to take control of it, okay, to take control, to take charge of it. The divine intention was for us to have dominion over the things in the earth and under the earth and over the things in our lives also. The same plan that God had in creation, saying of God, still exists today and is still a part of God's plan, a large part of God's plan for us to have this dominion. Okay. However, in the carrying out of our day-to-day -day lives, we seem to forget that God's will will be done in our lives if we simply give our lives over to him. Okay. All we have to do to access and to, to have a victorious life is to give our will over to him because God's will will be done if we give our lives over to him and be in obedience, okay? And in order for us to fully grasp this concept, we must understand fully what God's divine intention was and what God's divine intention is. He doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Okay, okay. So we have to understand what his divine intention was and what his divine intention is. Okay, and of course we can do this by going to the Word of God as always, going back to it again. So now we move forward and we want to continue in uh, in Genesis 2, verse number 7. Genesis 2, verse number 7. And we see where it picks up and it says, and the Lord God formed man of the dust uh, of the dust of the earth and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Now this is where we or mankind comes into existence here. Okay, and, and this is how man was created. Right, we did not crawl up out of you know some primordial 
a slough, or, you know, a swamp or something, something like that as, as after being a one-celled animal and then evolve into something else. God created man, period, end of discussion. The Lord God formed the man of the dust of the earth and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life, underline that please, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil, underline those two trees because they're important. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from thence it was parted, and it came into four heads. And the name of the first is Pison, that is, which encompasseth uh, the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. There is Bedelium and the onyx stone. And the name of the second river is Gihon, the same it is it that compassed the whole land of Ethiopia. And the name of the third river is Hadakel, that is, which goeth to, uh, toward the east of Assyria, and the fourth is Euphrates. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Now, these are key words, so underline it. Okay, he put him in the garden to dress it and to keep it, to care for it, to tend it, okay, to dress it. Verse 16 says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest eat freely, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest it, therefore shalt thou surely die. So please underline that. For in the day that thou eatest, it, eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help me for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name uh, thereof. Okay, so now here Adam is here. He's taking charge. God said, this is what I want you to do. You actually name the animals. Okay, okay. So this is God's intention now for man to have this authority. Okay. Then it says in verse number 20, And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a help meet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, uh, the Lord God had taken from man, made he a woman and brought her unto the man. Okay? And he, and he made Eve, you know, this, this is going to be Eve, uh, from the rib, taken from his side, taken from his side. Okay, which, by the way, saints of God, is kind of a side note, you know. You know, uh, Eve was not created. Uh, a bone didn't come from Adam's head so that Eve would have rule over him, nor did Eve come a, from a bone in his foot for her to be trampled upon by Adam. The bone came from his side, his rib, which means that the woman is a partner. The woman, the woman it, 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 it is a part of the man. It is not meant, it is not God's intention for man to have rule Okay, to, to, to trample on the woman, nor was it God's intention for the woman to have rule over the man, to trample on the man. The woman was taken from the side of man, okay? Okay, okay, meaning that we should be treating our wives, okay, as, as partners in our relationships. Amen, amen. And the rib which, verse 22 again, and, and the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. 
because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall man leave his mother, his father and mother, and shall cleave unto his wife. Cleave is to really join tightly. Cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Okay? They shall be one flesh. All right? Again, again, part of the marriage vow is that you are becoming one flesh and one spirit. Amen? With, of course, Jesus in the middle. Amen? So, therefore, the, the intention here was for us to have dominion together. In verse 25, and they were both naked, the man and his woman, and were not ashamed. Okay? So, at this particular, particular uh, point in their lives, they were innocent. Okay? It says they were naked. Okay? And they were not ashamed. So, so, so there was innocence there. God had created them afresh, and they were starting on this adventure there, and they were innocent. Because they were, they, they were created by God and was walking at this point, okay, the way God wanted them to walk, okay? Man's dominion and God's order to subdue meant that man began with a mind that was perfect in its finite capacity for learning, okay? Man was created with a capacity for learning, a finite capacity for learning, but a capacity for learning. Man does not have an infinite capacity for learning because we're not God. We're not God. God gave us the ability to, to have this dominion that he's given us. Therefore, that means that we have the ability to learn, to overcome uh, 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 um, old things and learn new things, okay? Even though it is a finite capacity, we have this capacity for learning. However, man was not created knowing all of the secrets of the universe, as I said, okay? Man is commanded to subdue, that is to acquire knowledge, Man was, was commanded to subdue. It means to acquire knowledge and mastery of his physical environment for the benefit of, of the human race. Okay? That was God's intention. The divine intention. Okay? For us to grow, to acquire this knowledge. And, and this is happening now today. But spiritual knowledge was hindered by sin. Separation from God. Alright? God gave us this ability, this facility to learn and to master new things and to grow. But the spiritual side of us, okay, the spiritual acquisition of knowledge and growth, it was hindered by sin and therefore the separation of God. Amen. So if we continue now and we go on to Genesis chapter 3, uh, Genesis 3, and just starting with verse number 19, uh, 1, I'm sorry, Genesis 3, verse number 1. And we see there where it says, now the serpent, here we go, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, yea, hath God said, ye shall not, uh, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And here he goes planting this doubt, because making her question what God had said. Okay, so again, there's that. Remember the, the last sermon? Uh, we talked about that old spirit of doubt, how he gets in there and gets in that mind and just wreaks havoc making us disbelieve what God has said to us, making us disbelieve the promises that God gave to us. You may have been praying in the morning and God may have told you so-and-so and so-and-so, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to give you that promotion. I'm going to give you that car, that house. Uh, your marriage is going to be saved. Your children are going to be okay. God may have told you this, but then the devil comes in and said, did God surely say that to you? To plant that seed of doubt? Amen, amen, amen. You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die, 
Okay, so now he went from planting that seed of doubt, did God really saying that, to telling an outright lie. Okay, see, and that's how the devil works in our lives. Okay, he starts out by planting that seed of doubt in our mind, making us think and think, and, and then when we start to start equivocating and start rationalizing and, 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 and thinking about, well, why it would be okay to do what we want to do, even though God may have said not to, you know, or God said, I'm going to do something for you, or give you something, and then instead of us doubting it, now we get to the point where the devil just gives out a lie. God's not going to do that. God didn't tell you that. God didn't say he's going to get that job. God didn't say he's going to get that house. God didn't say that your marriage was going to be healed. God didn't say, God didn't say, and just tell you a point of a, a flat out lie. Amen. Amen. It, it says, it says there that, uh, uh, you shall not surely die. Period. He's, he's negating what God told him. Okay. Verse number five. For God does know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened and you shall be as gods knowing good and evil. Okay, wow, there's that shiny thing again. God, the devil is dangling something in front, of you, in front of you. Yeah, God only said that because he doesn't want you to be, be like God, you know. And how many of us here, you, you know, you say, well, gee, this pastor Mike, you know, no one today is going to be thinking like that, that they're God. Oh, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Okay, okay. And it doesn't, many times it doesn't manifest itself in someone just flat out saying, you know, I'm, I'm going to be like God, I'm God. And so it doesn't, doesn't manifest itself that way with them flat out saying it, but it manifests itself in their behavior. Okay. It manifests themselves in, 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 in tremendous egos. And we see that, we see that so much today. You know, where people are making decisions and doing things and whatnot, almost as if they were God. Because they have, um, they have authority over the lives of people. They have authority over the lives of individuals. Okay. And they certainly, in many cases, the policies that are being produced out there today and the things that are being said is counter to the word of God. Okay. But they think in their knowledge, in their puffed out selves almost, that, that, that they're like God. Okay. Okay. So, so, so they get sold the bill of goods and they start believing the lie. They start believing the lie, okay? Uh, and God does know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, saw, the eyes, saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat. And gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. You see? So there it is again. There's that shiny thing. We walk by faith, not by sight. Okay? Because the things that we see in life can be very, very deceiving. We walk by faith and not by sight. She saw this tree. She saw that, that, that the food hanging on that tree was good and it was pleasant to her eyes. And she started rationalizing, oh, Jesus, this can't be a bad thing. This looks good. This looks good. It can't be a bad thing. Coupled with what the devil had planted in her mind with the doubt and the out and out lie and the way it appeared to her at this fruit. She went on and she ate. Okay. How many times do we fall into the same things being tempted away because something appears to be beneficial? It seems like it may be a good thing. It seems like it might be a good decision to make. Okay? Regardless of what God had said to you, regardless of the promise that God had said to you, okay, someone else will come along and whisper something in your ear and say, well, you know, God doesn't really want you to have that. God doesn't really want you to succeed in that. God doesn't really want your child to do this. You know, this is what you should do. This is what you, you should do. Okay, and then you wind up looking at that, at that action, at that quote unquote, at that fruit, and it seems to be appealing to you. It seems like the right decision to make, and then you wind up making that decision. Okay, but that's not what God said. Okay, it's 
So, so this fruit, it, it was appealing and pleasant to the eyes. And she ate of that fruit and she gave it to her husband. And then it says in verse number seven, and the eyes of them both were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Okay. So now that quickly they, they transitioned from that point of innocence. Because before it said that, 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 that they were naked and there wasn't any, any issue with it. Okay. There's no, they weren't ashamed. But now all of a sudden their, their eyes, quote unquote, have been opened, so to speak. And now they're in this other, this new state where now all of a sudden they, they, they said that they're naked and they needed to have some covering on themselves. Okay. All right. So we see here, and I won't go further. You know the, you know the rest of, of the story there. And, and so here we see at that point now, man threw away this dominion. Adam and Eve threw away this dominion. God had just said, I'm giving you all of this, you know, subdue it, multiply it, replenish the earth, etc., etc. But at that point in time, because of sin, they threw away that dominion because of Adam and Eve's sin. And we know that as a result of that, the ground was cursed. Amen. And we can just look at, uh, I'm not going to go too much into it, but uh, go to verse number 17. Um Verse number 15, let's back with the verse number 15. And I will put enmity between, between our, um, between thy seed and her seed. Uh, it shall bru bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise, uh, his, his heel. Unto the woman, if he first he had cursed Satan, as you know, in the, the previous scriptures, and Satan, you're gonna crawl on your belly and so on like that. Uh, but then in 16, then he says, Unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow, uh, and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, he shall rule over thee. You see? Now, I have no idea what it would have been like for Eve to have children prior to this, prior to the sin, prior to the fall. Okay, but it says now, now because of that, unto the woman I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In conception, in sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband; he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. Remember how it said it was going to be so easy for him? Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. Okay? So now all of a sudden Adam's got to toil for a living. Okay, tending that garden would have been so easy and such a sweet deal, okay, if he and, and Eve had not broken, had uh, not uh, 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 broken what God had told them to do and to stay away from that tree and not partake of it, okay? But now all of a sudden, because of the fact that they had to, they disobeyed God, that dominion as God had intended it to be, okay, it was changed, okay? It was changed, okay? Right. But God's, God's divine intention is still God's divine intention, okay, okay, God's divine intention is still God's divine intention, all right, but God also realized that at this point in time, because man had, Adam and Eve did this, you know, and, and, and sin, uh, God knew that the only way that uh, he could continue his plan, this divine in, intention, was to bring someone into the world that would not sin and to redeem mankind, okay, and of course we knew that was, okay, that was done through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, 
Okay, and if you go to Luke, I won't go there now. But if you go to Luke twenty-four, you know we see where it discusses uh, uh, Jesus. You know, you know his re resurrection, the ascension, and, and and the promise of the Holy Spirit, and so forth. Because God's plan was that now that man has slipped and fallen into this, I've got to bring them back to me. I need someone that will not sin. I need someone that can take on the sins of all mankind, so that so, so that so that we can be so that mankind could be brought back to God. Okay, but I need someone that would would still be free of sin. So we know that Jesus Christ came along, and then after Jesus uh, um, returned to heaven, ascended to the Father, he remember remember he said though he had told the disciples to to stay in Jerusalem. And they went to the upper room, and we know what happened in the upper room, but let's, let's just revisit that. Because what I want to, to show you, what I'm trying to get to you here, is how God's intention, um, how um, it didn't change. That divine intention didn't change. God is the master planner. Man slipped and stumbled and, and fell from grace, so to speak. But he knew that he would bring his son into the picture to die for our sins, okay, to pay for our sins so that God could continue his plan uh, uh, with us. And then we go to the second chapter of Acts and we start there in verse number number one. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Okay? So now, as Jesus said that I have to return to the Father so that I can send my comforter to you, Okay, this is what happened here in the second chapter of Acts. So to continue God's divine intention, okay, for us to be able to to come back to Him, you know, and and uh, and that was actually done uh, on the cross there, you know, when Jesus gave up the ghost, and it says that the veil in the temple was torn in two. Okay, that was signifying now that man again had access to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Whereas prior to that, um, all of those years prior, you know, after Adam sinned through Abraham and so on like that, only the high priest could go in there as a human being. Only the high priest could go in there and plead the blood, you know, on the uh, mercy seat and so on like that, sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat and so on like that. But then, but then, but man, the average man did not have access to God. Now with Jesus Christ, with his death and resurrection, that access was made. Okay, was, was given, I should say, for us, from us, through Jesus to God. Remember, Jesus said, whatever you say in my name, whatever you say in my name, in my name, okay? So now, so now, so now we have that access through Jesus Christ. But Jesus is saying that I'm going to go a step further. When I return to the Father, I'm going to send someone else to you. I'm going to send a comforter to you. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is there to guide you, to teach you. Okay, to give you the words to speak, to open your eyes that you may see, you know, to, to, to minister to you deep within your spirit. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. Okay, and, 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 and this is what he did. So, so that was, uh, um, again, the, the, the furtherance of God restoring and getting back into his divine intention for mankind. You see, because of the fact that we're born again believers and we've confessed Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Okay. All right. We've, we've been made anew. We're a new creation in Christ Jesus, the Word of God says, okay? 
So that's one that's one uh, attribute that we have that helps us to again carry out God's plan in our lives. Okay, not that God needs help to do it, but but we have to be willing to submit ourselves to God so that God can work in our lives. All right. You see, you see, God is more than willing to to carry out His divine intention for uh, your life, but it's up to you. Okay, and only you, only you have the ability, the power to, to, to stymie, to slow down, okay, God's intention for your particular life. God's given us the tools, so to speak. We have Jesus Christ, we have Holy Spirit, okay, so God's divine intention is still, uh, it is still his desire to carry out those intentions for you in your life. But it's only you that can, that, that can stymie that. It's only you that can, can slow it down. Okay, it's only you that can bring it to a, a crawl, okay, either because of constant disobedience or just through you uh, not praying, not reading the word of God, not, not, not hearing Holy Spirit talk to you, running around so much and being so busy that God, you know, God just simply can't get through to you because you're running around so, so busy, because you are out of tune with God. Okay, we need to be in tune with God in order to hear him, in order to hear his voice. In order for our Holy Spirit to resonate with our spirits, we need to be in tune, so to speak. Okay, think about uh, think about your your, your car radio. You, you, know, you know, there are many many stations, you know, that have towers all over the place. You know, that are broadcasting to your car as you're driving through wherever you're going. There are many radio signals being broadcasted at your car, but you won't get that particular radio station until you tune into it. Okay, until you tune into it. Okay, you cannot receive the programming that is on, I don't know, WXYZ, you know, station 101 something. You cannot receive that until you set your car radio for that station. And so therefore you can tune into it. Now, does that mean that that station is not broadcasting because you don't hear it? No, it doesn't. That station certainly is broadcasting. It certainly is broadcasting, but you will not hear it until you tune into that station. Or well, so it is with God. God is trying to talk to you. Holy Spirit is trying to minister to you. You know, but if you're not tuned in, if you're not tuned in by way of prayer, by willing, by way of your spirit being willing to receive, okay, okay, by way of your spirit being willing to receive, by way of, of, of your spirit when when you tune in these are um, tune in these podcasts, being willing to receive by getting your Bible and and reading. And maybe even praying before you turn on this, this podcast. Lord, let me hear from you today. Lord, help me to understand and to hear and to see and to understand your word today. Lord, I want to receive from you. I want to receive. This is in essence, that's you taking your spiritual dial, so to speak, and you're, and you're tuning it and you're lining up with the broadcast that Holy Spirit is giving to you. It's sending out. Okay? All right? All right. I, 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 will, I will, will say to you, I will say to you, saying to God, that even through this message, and I know I'm no one special, I'm just another preacher out there, but the word that is being sent forth, reading from the word of God, is Holy Spirit inspired. The word of God is Holy Spirit inspired. So by you desiring to hear and desiring to receive, and if the word is being broadcast, if the word is being broadcast forth and spoken forth, even through this podcast, as well as many other good Christian podcasts, the word is being you know broadcast forth. But you have to be willing in your spirit and wanting to tune into it so that your dial, your spiritual dial is on the station for, for God, for, for you to receive from God. Amen. 
for you to receive from God. This is a part of God's divine intention. And it still goes on today. It still goes on today. It hasn't changed, not one iota. Okay? God wants us to have this dominion. All right? And that's why he's given us Holy Spirit to further the ability for us to, to claim that dominion in our lives. Okay? And thereby, by, by, by seeing God's divine intention carried out in your life directly. It's there. It's there. God is at work all around you. I mean, he's ahead of you. He's ahead of the game. Okay? He knows what's in store for you. He knows where he wants you to go. That's his intention. That's God's intention, to take you to where he wants you to go. And wherever God wants you to go, it's a good thing, see? It's a good thing. Trust me, it's, it's a good thing. Okay? No, don't trust me. Trust the word of God. Because God says that the things that he has in store for you are good things. The thoughts that he has for you are nothing but good thoughts. Okay? Okay? All right? It was and still is God's intention for us to take this dominion and to be victorious and to be overcomers in us life, in, our, in this life. Okay? We're supposed to be the head and not the tail. We're supposed to be the victor or the victorious ones, not the vanquished, not the defeated ones. Okay? The head and not the tail, the victor and not the vanquished. He's already given us dominion. He's already given us dominion through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and with the, the and with, with the, the um, benefit of Holy Spirit. But we have to take it and we have to use that dominion in our lives. Okay. To an extent, man has dominion over many aspects of our lives. You know, we do have some dominion over many aspects of our, li of our lives. We have dominion over animals. Okay. Even though, even though large animals are more powerful than us, we have figured out ways to capture them anyway. So we have dominion over the animals. Why? Because God gave us that dominion. Back when he was creating the earth, he said, you take this dominion. Okay? okay. We figured out ways to track them, trap them, trap them. We can outsmart them, so to speak. Okay? We have dominion over the animals. Okay? All right? We have, we have dominion over, over science to some degree. Okay? Look at the advances that we've made in science. Look at the advances that man has made in outer space. Okay, I mean, these are some mind-boggling things that man has accomplished in terms of traveling such great distances. Okay, I mean, one of those vehicles, I forget which one it is, uh, I think supposed to do a touchdown on, on Mars uh, today or tomorrow, something like that. Okay, and they were, I know it was traveling seven months, I saw in the, in the report. Okay, so I mean, just the ability for man to fire off a rocket, you know, a ship that can be able to travel that distance, that distance, and to land on Mars and communicate back and forth, sending all sorts of pictures and so forth like that. I mean, that, that, that's a marvel. That's a marvel. So we do have dominion in certain ways, you, you know, in, in various assets, aspects of our lives, okay? But we still don't have that ability to apply dominion to the spiritual aspects of our lives, okay? And that's the important part, okay? okay? What does the Word of God say? Man will be forever learning, Forever learning, but never coming to, to know the knowledge of the truth. Okay, okay. So you can have people that can make wonderful scientific advancements, but when it comes down to knowing the truth with a capital T, which is the word of God, which is Jesus Christ, okay? Okay. Many times people just miss the mark entirely. Okay. So while we have dominion over our lives in some aspects of our lives, the important part of our lives, the important aspect of our lives, which is the spiritual part of us, many times we're failing on that. Okay. And you see, and this is because in many cases we just have not fully submitted to God. Okay. You can't benefit from the dominion that God has given you and wants you to realize and experience if you haven't submitted to God. 
If we fully understand God's plan and how it, it played out through Jesus Christ, we will be victorious in our lives today. Okay. You've got to get that, get that picture, the, 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 um, the chain of events, if you will, that led Jesus to the cross. If you, if you look at scripture and read scripture, you know, from the time, the time that Jesus was born to the time that, that he uh, went into ministry, you know, for those three and a half years while he was in ministry, what he was saying and the, the things that he did, I mean, you can see God's plan working through there. You can see it, right? So you have to submit to that plan and understand that it is real. This isn't a figment of my imagination or just something that someone wrote in a very good book here, you know, like, you know, like, like, like you know, to Gone with the Wind or something like that. <laughs> Amen. This was good. This is God's plan. Okay. And we can see, see some of that if we go to, go to the uh, book of Romans 10, Romans 10 verse number one. Romans 10 verse number one. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Romans 10, verse number one. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. That they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness is going about to establish their own righteousness. Okay, going to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Okay, please underline that. Have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Okay, so let's just read that again. Verse number three. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness, they didn't know about God's righteousness, and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Okay, and we see so much of that going on today. They're trying to, 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 to create God and, and the righteousness of God their own way and in their own image, if you will. This is what you've heard me many times is saying that we, we, we are mankind today in many circles. You know, they're striving to bring God down to their level instead of striving to get to the level that God would have us to be at. Okay. And, and, and because of that, that's why we see a lot of the things happening that we do see happening, uh, in the world around us, in your immediate world, in your city, your state, wherever you are. Because people are making their own rules, and, I, and and on top of that, they wind up saying that they, they wind up they wind up, 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 up quoting quoting a, a, a scripture many times, and they're twisting that scripture around to mean what they think it means, not what God says it means. Okay, All right. So so again, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. For Moses, <clears throat> for Moses describes the righteousness which is of the law, that the man who doeth those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise, or speaks this way. Say not in thine heart who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring up Christ from the dead. But what saith it? The word is nigh unto thee, even in thy mouth, even in thy mouth, even in thy mouth, and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Let's underline this and highlight it. But what saith it? The word is nigh, is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Okay. So you have to talk about going up to heaven to bring it down again or to go into the deep to bring it up again. To, you know, all of that stuff. The, the word is nigh you. It's right there in your mouth. 
Okay. If you're reading the word of God and you're letting Holy Spirit minister to you, the word is right near you. It's in your mouth. The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart and in thy heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach, preach that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Okay, so put a bracket around that, please. Verse number nine. If you shall confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart, God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Okay, now this is this is part of that activity that we have to do, that we need to do, you know, in order for us to be obedient to God, first of all, to even be saved. This is a very, very fundamental uh, um, thing that we must do. You, you know, believe, confess Jesus Christ with your mouth. Just don't think it. Say it out loud. Okay, and you know the sinner's prayer. I'm not going to go through that right now, but you know the sinner's prayer. If you don't know the Lord Jesus, confess him. Confess him. It's, it's not rocket science. It isn't anything fancy. To say in the name of Jesus, oh Lord God, Jesus come into my life. You know, take control. I give my life to you. I cannot run it by myself. I've tried for all of these years. Lord Jesus, I want you in my life. I give it to you. I know and I believe that you are the son of the living God and that you died for my sins. And so, Lord God, I really believe all of that. So, Lord Jesus, come into my life and take control. You know, that's all you really need to say. You need to mean it in your heart. Mean it in your heart. And if you're doing that, then you'll be saved. Okay, then you're saved, okay? And then God can continue doing and carrying out his divine intention for your particular life. But you've got to make that submission. Amen? Verse number 10 says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. With the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. All right? So just taking it a step further than just you merely thinking it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lord, I believe you're thinking this, you know. I believe that you're the Son of God. You need to confess that with your mouth. Amen. And ask the Lord to Jesus to come into your life. Amen. Amen. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all over all uh, is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There it is again. So you can highlight those those uh, verses there, 11 through uh, 13. Read it one more time. Starting with 11. For the scripture saith, whoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. There it is. Not my words, but the word of God. Okay, so this is where the whole thing starts. You want God's divine intention. You want that dominion to be carried out in your life. You you want you want that to happen. You got to start with with accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Okay, so if we realize that confessing Jesus and submitting to God's commandments leads uh, leads into taking dominion over our lives, what else needs to be done? What else needs to be done? Well, you've got to choose to take dominion over your life. You've got to choose it. Otherwise, the devil will just run, run rampant, you know, whispering lies to you and, and all planting all sort of doubt in your mind, okay? So you've got to choose to want to take that dominion. Even the so-called non-believer recognizes that we have choices. You know, either you're a person that is, is the glass half full or is the glass half empty, okay? You've got to choose. You have to choose. How many negative Nancys do you know, you know, that are always confessing negative things? No matter what you say, they go, well, but so-and-so and so-and-so. Yeah, so and so. Yeah, 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 but so and so and so. And there's always a negative side to it. Always confessing negativity out, out of their mouths, okay? So you need to, to choose to take dominion in the name of Jesus over those demons in our lives. 
you know, that would try to steal our victories, okay? The devil does not want to see you victorious, amen? So start today to choose, to choose, to choose, to follow what, what the Lord Jesus is telling us to do, what the Word of God is telling us to do, to follow what Holy Spirit is telling you what to do, right? Take dominion over those demons. In the name of Jesus, curse them and bind them up and cast them out of your life. Take dominion over them. Take dominion over the stress that would be in your life. Okay, it's not God's will for you to be stressful. There are so many verses on stress and some of my messages, you know, we've talked about that before. So take dominion over it. I'm not going to let stress be, uh, be prevalent in my life. I'm going to take authority over it in the name of Jesus. Okay, all of that stress is in our minds. I told you that before we talked about a couple of sermons ago. The battlefield is right in our mind. Take dominion over that. According to God's word, uh, uh, it depends on how we choose to think and how we choose to believe. That is the difference between you being being vanquished and not being the victor, not being being victorious. You've got to choose which way your life is going to be uh, be run. You know, in accordance with the word of God. Do we choose to take dominion, or we do we choose to continue carrying burdens? You know, do we choose to carry burdens as opposed to wanting to be free, taking dominion over those 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 issues of life, over those devils who try to bring bring so much fear into our lives do we take dominion over it do we do we choose to, to to not take dominion by by carrying all those burdens around when 1 peter 5 7 we have to go there right now talks about casting all your care upon him for he cares for you amen amen it says that casting all your care upon him for he cares for you be sober be vigilant because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walks about seeking whom he can devour okay so, so make sure you have dominion over him, that you're not caught up as one of those that he is going to devour, you know, or is successfully devouring because of the fact they don't have faith in God and because they have not surrendered to God. Amen? 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 You know, take dominion over your life by casting all of those cares upon Jesus. Don't be anxious, you know. Take, take uh, dominion by seeking first the kingdom of God, as is shown in Matthew 6. You know, seek ye first the kingdom of God. You know, and all of these other things, all of those other things that you want in life will be indeed added to you. Amen. Amen. So go forth and be strong and take dominion over your life in the name of Jesus. Okay. God has given that to you already. It's a done deed. It's a done deed. Okay. Remember who you are in Christ Jesus. You know, remember that God is there with you. He's working with you. All you need to do is to tune into his voice and hear what, what Holy Spirit is saying to you. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I hope this message has been a blessing to you. Amen. And uh, why don't we close out in prayer? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for the time that we've had with you, Lord God. We pray that as we go through the balance of the day and week ahead of us, O oh Lord God, that we shall remember these words, O oh Lord God, as we remember to start taking dominion of our lives in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, Lord God. Continue to guide us, speak to us, O oh Lord, anoint us, refresh us in your own special way, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. We praise you and we worship you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God, praise God. Again, if this message has been a blessing to you, why don't you send uh, the link to uh, these podcasts off to someone that you love. Amen, amen. Uh, the links can be found at www.genesis1.sermon.net. Amen, genesis1.sermon.net. And if you look up on the right-hand corner, there's a subscribe button. Click on that subscribe button, and you'll automatically be notified uh, when these podcasts are available. Amen. You can also go to our, our um, agenda. Uh, general website, which is www.genesis-1, 
genesis-one.org.org. Amen. If you're being blessed, consider sending, you know, links to these messages to someone that you love or even someone that's giving you a hard time because God doesn't want them to perish either. Okay? Praise God. Praise God. Go forth and be blessed. And remember that Jesus is Lord. Amen. Amen. Amen.